Well, I'm excited this morning. We really have been leading up to this, and we're going to begin a two-part series this morning and, uh, and then finish it on the 24th after Michael, and then we're going to go a little bit further and deeper into the gift of the Spirit. And let me just share one reason why I am teaching on the Holy Spirit as I am in this season. One, because I believe this is a great season for renewal and restoration that God really wants to bring a renewal and the fullness of his restoration into our lives. And then as a pastor, I've always had a passion to see God's people walk in the fullness of all that is ours in Christ. You understand that? That, that God has bestowed his benefits upon us through his son, Jesus Christ. The word salvation, if you look it up in the Greek, sozo literally means all the benefits bestowed by the Father on our lives through Christ. That there are, are this full uh, array of benefits that belong to us through our life in Christ that the Father has bestowed upon us. And so my passion and my desire in the way I teach and I preach is to get people to come into an understanding of what belongs to them in Christ. Amen? And then to walk in that. And so that's our heart and uh, that's our desire in this area. And so this morning we're going to begin this lesson in dealing with praying in tongues. But you bring your Bible. You ready, Davey? You with me? Oh, there it went. It's coming back. We got it. There it is. Say this with me. This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises. I'm empowered by its love. I overcome by the faith produced from receiving this seed sown into my heart. Father, I thank you in these next few moments. You will move mightily in our lives by your spirit. You will bring clarity, insight, and understanding to bear upon our minds and in our spirits. We thank you for transformation through renewing of our minds and walking in the truth of your word. In Jesus' name, and somebody said... Amen. Praise the Lord. So our title is that we're going to be talking these next two weeks about praying and speaking in the language of the Spirit. And uh, we're going to hit a lot of issues, but really want to break it down and give you information. As I said, how many have ever had questions about praying in tongues? How many have ever been asked questions about praying in tongues, speaking in tongues? Well, let's give you some information. And uh, the reason I say this, and, and even in our spiritual life, is, is taking advantage um, let me ask you this. How many would be afraid to invest in the stock market? How, how many understand financial investments? Most of what we're afraid is because of uncertain investments, an, a, a lack of knowledge. And so learning how to do different things, whether it is being investing in this area or how to invest or how to do things. And so most of what we don't, we, we, we cut ourselves off from increase and, and, and operating thing by not having an understanding of how things work. And so many times, because we don't have an understanding of how things work, we don't take advantage of the benefits of that. And so when it comes to the things of God, the only way to have an understanding is you actually have to study it. So you actually have to study how to take and make application of the promises and the benefits of God's Word. And so that's one reason my lessons are developed the way they are. I give you, I always give you TMI. Too much information. That's what people think. This is too much information. It is if you don't want to study. But if you're hungry to know the things of God, I've given you enough that you can really dive in and really go somewhere with God. Are you with me? So the kingdom of God is this. The kingdom of operation is partially defined by this. The baptism in and with the Holy Spirit is the doorway to the gifts of the Spirit. To be Spirit-filled is to be the normal Christian experience, not abnormal or the exception. We, God created us to be people of the Spirit. Our normal Christian life, when you are born again, you are made alive unto God. You are spiritually made alive. And so we want to talk about learning how to live life in the Spirit and through the Spirit. So look at the cover of your outline as we go through this. We're going to end up in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 this morning and read several scriptures there. But follow with me this morning. I believe something transformational happens in our lives when we come to understand that God has placed the voice of His Spirit within us. I want you to hear that God has placed the voice of His Spirit within us. So let me ask you this question. How many understand and believe that when you're born again, you're born of the Spirit, or the Holy Spirit takes up residence on the inside of you? 
How many believe that the Holy Spirit has a voice? So the voice of God is now resident on the inside you. God, Spirit, and the Holy Spirit has a voice. He is a person. He is the third person of the Trinity, and He has a voice in you. Amen. And so there's an amazing shift in our understanding and perspectives that can come to us just by making adjustments in the use of words used to describe praying in the Spirit or by giving greater clarity in defining the words used. And that'll become, I'll explain that in just a second. So watch it. Here's these three questions. Is praying in the Spirit with the Spirit praying in our natural known language. I'm going to submit to you that the answer is no. That if I'm praying in the Spirit or with the Spirit, that I'm praying in the language of the Spirit, which is what other tongues mean. Secondly, can the Holy Spirit direct our prayers in our natural language? Absolutely. The Holy Spirit can give you understanding. He can give you words. He can direct what you pray in your natural language. Whatever that dialect is, He can direct you in your native tongue. Thirdly, can the Holy Spirit use our voice to pray in languages we have never learned and have no natural understanding of? Absolutely. So the Holy Spirit can use our voice as His voice, praying His will in the earth. Amen? And so we're going to look at this. Now, when it comes to speaking in tongues, we've heard the, the topic of speaking in other tongues. The word for tongues is the Greek word glossa. It says it's of an uncertain affinity. It means the tongue, by implication, a language. So when I said about changing the definition, we, we hear that, that praying in the Holy Spirit is praying in another tongue. But what we would say is that it's praying in another language. So people hear tongues and they get freaked out. And all different people go, oh, tongues, you guys speak in tongues. No, we speak in the language of the Spirit. We speak the language of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us a language or the Holy Spirit prays His language through us. Are you with me? And the word nuos is the word for understanding or intellect. Paul says, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my mind or my understanding is unfruitful. And that's the word nuos, which means intellect or mind. It's predominantly translated mind, but it refers to your intellect or your understanding. Okay, so um, before I go there, so look inside your outline. In Romans 7 and verse 25, and this verse is in your outline, Paul says, listen to what he says, With the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Paul says that, that he says, with my mind I serve the law of God. I'm in agreement, I try to walk in agreement with God's law, His directives for my life. But with my flesh, I get caught up in all this lust and things that go on. And, and, and so my flesh is, 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 is serving the, uh, you know, my flesh is serving um, the law of sin. My mind wants to agree with the law of God, but my flesh, so there's battle. So I got these two arenas here. But then we also have the arena of the spirit because man operates on three levels, spirit, mind, and flesh. We operate on these three levels. God purposed that our life is to be lived from the inside out, not from the outside in. God's purpose when he created man, he created us to be people of the spirit. God formed us, gave us a body, but then he breathed into that body and gave it life by his spirit and we are supposed to live as people of spirit not people of flesh and soul so what happens is we process everything through this we process everything through our body we run it through the mind and the emotions and will of our soul and then we try to get down to our spirit so we try to oh it's so hard to walk in the spirit i got to get past my flesh i got to get past all my emotions all uh, instead of just saying no I, th there's life on the inside of me so i choose to live inwardly to the outside i choose to live from the inside out in fact, when people come and, and, and that my best marriage counseling I can give anybody, relationship counseling between any couple, is live your life from God out. Establish your relationship in God and then live from God outwards. If you're trying to live God and get God in your life, you will never have enough room for God in your life. But if you live your life in God and let your relationship be developed out from there, everything goes from God out, not trying to go from out in. Are you with me? So important. And so life in the Spirit is just that. So in Luke 24, Jesus meets the disciples on the road to Emmaus, and it says that he opened their understanding, their nuos, 
that they might understand Suimi, if I'm not probably not saying that right, that's why I always put them up there. So he opens the, but he, that they might understand. So look at, he opened their understanding that they might understand. The word for understanding means to comprehend what they had heard. So our mind, I can hear it in my mind, but in my mind I still don't have, I don't understand it. So I need God to open my understanding. Are you with me? And so that's what we're trying to do, and that's why we teach the Word, and that's why we're breaking it down like this. So look at your outline, if you would, with me. Tongues, just that word, raises a lot of questions and concerns in Christianity. People have all kinds of fears and questions concerning praying in or speaking in tongue, depending upon how you were raised or what you have been taught or what others have told you. So what we need is the Lord to open our understanding. And one reason I'm teaching this on the Holy Spirit like this is that when we first began in ministry, Sue and I, our first place as senior pastors was, as many of you know, what it has a little non-denominational church, what was really basically a, a fundamental church or a basically a Baptist church in that respect that really didn't believe that the gifts of the Spirit or the Holy Spirit was for today, that with the Bible, since the Bible has come, and out of 1 Corinthians 13, they believed that when that which is perfect has come, then these things have passed away, so it was for the age of the apostles, but then they brought me in as their pastor. And I said, well, there's only one problem with that is, is I have an experience out of the Bible. I have a Bible experience called the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And so I said, we have to decide what we're going to do and how we're going to decide this. But many of them were raised their whole life and have been taught different things their whole life. And so they had a bias or a belief system. And I have a belief system based upon what I taught and what I experienced. So now what are we going to do with that? So we need the Lord to open our understanding. Now hear me on this. This is one of the most debated issues in theological circles. Yet the Bible gives us very clear answers to the questions that arise around this topic. So what we're going to do is walk through the Word and lay those answers out and let God's Word speak on this issue. See, I've found during my years of ministry that the most hotly contested truth in God's Word are connected to the promises that give us power and authority over the devil and his life. Some of the greatest, greatest areas of theological division in the church and the body of Christ are over the areas of authority that the church has and the believer has to walk in. Look at, look at, just think about this. Look at all the debate just around the faith message. And people go, are you one of those faith churches? What's the option? Yes. People say, you're of that hyper-faith stuff. Thank you. Yes, I am. I, I want to have hyper-faith. Amen? It beats being of the hyper-fear-doubt and unbelief crowd. What's the, what's the other side of faith? Doubt. Unbelief. Amen? Jesus says that, that, that unbelief, all unbelievers are going to hell. I don't want to go to an unbelieving church. I want to be in a faith church. Are you listening to me? Think about confession. Oh, you're one of them name and claim it and blab it, grab it guys. Absolutely. I'm going to name and claim every promise of the Bible. I believe to receive. Are you with me? People say, I don't believe in that confession stuff. Oh, yeah, let me hear you talk for about five minutes. You'll confess that your allergies are acting up, that's your arthritis. You're naming and claiming your sickness, your disease, your poverty, your depression, your anxiety, your failed relationships. And, there, and everything you're confessing is coming to pass. So look, look what I'm saying. All the division, but without even getting to praying in the Spirit. Are we doing all right? Okay. So, but those are areas that, that give us authority over the lives of the devil. Why? Because the devil wants a church and God's people divided and powerless. When we allow that, what happens? We get divided and then we end up powerless. So the only way to do that, Hosea chapter 4 says this, verse 6. It, it says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And the way the devil can operate and bring destruction into our lives is when we, we just choose not to know. And act, that verse actually goes on to say, because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you. We, we, it's always good to read the whole verse. Amen. <laughs> so we have to ask ourselves and decide what's going to be our source for truth. This is what I told the church at Bieber. I said, I'm not what you are, but I'm not here to make you what I am. 
I'm not what you are, but I'm not here to make you what I You believe one way, I believe a different way. I have an experience, and you think that experience isn't for today. So I said, what are we going to do? I said, if you want me to be your pastor, this is what we'll do. Let's just make God's word our authority for truth. Let's, let's just believe the Bible. Let's just open the Bible and read the Bible and believe the Bible. Amen? And they said, okay. And they voted us in 100%. And for six years, we just opened the Bible and read the Bible, and we saw a move of God. And people who had heard things different way, when they just started letting God speak and not what people had said or what they had been raised to believe, they just went and they said, God's word's going to be my sword. And they had amazing breakthroughs and miracles in their lives. Amen? So this is what we have to ask ourselves. Let me ask you today, who wrote the Bible? You can say it louder than that. Who wrote the Bible? The Holy Spirit or God by His Spirit. We believe all Scripture is inspired by God. Inspired means God breathed. So God inspired, men penned it. It was penned by over 40 different authors on three different continents. Amen? In, 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 uh, or 60 different authors in three different continents and, and that. And so you have all these different authors, but they were all inspired by God in what they wrote. And so anytime there's a controversy with the Word of God, I always have to ask myself, and people, men wrote the Bible. Yes, men penned it, but God inspired what they wrote down. And so it is the inspired Word of God. And so anytime I read the Word and I'm hearing something, and let me put it to you like this. Anytime something makes me nervous or uneasy or to have anxiety about the Word, if it's what I've been taught, then I probably haven't been taught the truth. The Word of God, just reading the Bible, shouldn't make you nervous or uncomfortable. Amen? So maybe I need to go back and check some of that stuff. But in that area, I ask myself, do I want to argue with the author? So if I'm teaching the Word, you will never have a controversy with me. If I'm teaching the Bible, a conflict won't be with the pastor or the preacher or the teacher. It will be with the one whose book we're reading. Amen? And so I'm fine with you arguing with God. Let me know how that works out for you. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we're going to go to this. What does the Bible say about speaking or praying in tongues? Let me ask you this. What if God has chosen to allow us to operate in redeemed speech? What if God's chosen to allow us to operate in redeemed speech? What do I mean by that? What if God has chosen to give the church one voice of unity, His voice, the voice of His Spirit in us, speaking the perfect will of God? God said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my church and I'm going to give my church one voice, the voice of the Spirit. I'm going to give my church the language of the Spirit. Are you with me? Now think about this. James says the tongue is an unruly member set on fire by hell. If a person cannot offend in word, he is a perfect person. How many have that one down? Amen. How many already have some things you need forgiveness of today? Amen. Pastor Sue and I, I already had to apologize to my wife before I came to church this morning. I did. We have a little leak in our roof. It's come down in our bedroom, so we're trying to get that fixed. We're doing all this stuff, and she's asking me, and I'm getting ready. And I was up till 11:30 last night trying to figure out where it was. So I'm a little bit rushed and irritated. So I was kind of, <laughs> and so before I left, I said, "I'm sorry. I was so sharp and ugly. I love you, Amen." And we kissed and made up. Praise the Lord. But I wasn't perfect in speech. Are you with me? I wasn't perfect. So in that area, I wanted to cover my offense. Are you doing all right? So watch this. James says it like this. For we all stumble. We all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. And I do it all the time. I do it almost every week when I preach. I go home after service. My wife says, you can't say that stuff. And Dwayne says, that's why I go here. <laughs> Amen. In, in, in our life group Thursday night, we're just talking about God and life and the Spirit and doing this thing. And, and, and one of our guys brought up a question and said something. We're talking. We're breaking down the question. And right in the middle of all that, he gives an explanation. And I just go, well, that's a stupid question. And I thought, man, that was a stupid reply right there, too. <laughs> Amen. So then we had to go through the whole thing. And then just, uh, it just went downhill from there. We had to pray and go home. How many? So watch this. So look at the next page of your outline. So what happened? In Genesis chapter 11, God confounded the languages of man. Read it with me. It's there in your outline. Genesis 11, look what it says. Come, let us go down 
and there confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel. The word Babel in the Hebrew literally means confusion. Because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. And so, think about this. What they were doing, the people had come together. They were in agreement together. They were building a a, a tower to heaven. And the Lord says, because they are of one mind and one voice, and they are in agreement together, nothing will be impossible to them. Are you getting this? So they were of one mind and of one language, one voice, and they were building together. And God says, in that unity of agreement and language, they can build anything. Nothing will be impossible to them. So he came down and he confused them or separated them, brought the division of languages which separated our nations and our cultures. On that day, God divided humanity and the nations by giving them different languages, tongues. But on the day of Pentecost, he united his church by giving us the voice and the language of the Spirit. So the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came with a language given to God's people. And God ended the confusion between us. Why? Because we can come together and we can pray in the language of the Spirit together and we will always be in unity together. So God's given us a voice and a language, a spiritual voice and a spiritual language so that the church can come into agreement together because he's asked us and commissioned us to build his church and to build his kingdom. Are you with me? So God brought man back to a place where we can be one together in one agreement to build together in unity. Amen? With one voice. So think about it. The question that we will approach is not the baptism of the in or with the Holy Spirit. We've covered that. But we want to talk about, do I have to speak in tongues? He'll say, well, I'm saying, do I have to? Let me just put it like this. Number one, you don't have to be saved. You don't have to be healed. You don't have to be blessed. You can be. It's all available to whosoever will. And no, you don't have to speak in tongues. That is control. God is not a controlling spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a controlling spirit. He's a leading spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit. So he, he gives us instruction and asks us to lead. But as many as are led by the Spirit, you don't have to do anything. You get to do everything. Amen. You, 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 God says, I make this available. Do you want it? Let's kind of go back to that. God said to the nation of Israel, look what he said. I set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing. Choose which one you want. He didn't just say, I bless you and I'll make you live and you're going to be blessed whether you want to be or not. No, they had to choose. It's always a choice. Amen. The Holy Spirit is not a controlling spirit. Demonic spirits are controlling spirits. If you read in the Gospels, you feel every person that had a son or a daughter who was demonically possessed, they brought them because they were out of control. The Spirit controlled them. They, they'd get, they had lost control of their own life. You never lose control of your own life. You daily choose. That's why the Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present yourself a living sacrifice. See, we are alive and we daily choose. We daily make the choice to say yes to God. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. So think about it. When it comes to tongues, there are two points that get convoluted in the, distinct, in the discussion concerning tongues or languages of the Spirit. Tongues is a, as a sign of the baptism in and with the Holy Spirit, and tongues in the operation as one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. There's a clear distinction. We're going to break it down here in just the next few moments very quickly. But there's a clear distinction between tongues connected to the baptism of the Holy Spirit and tongues as one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. But what happens most of the time in teaching, and this is what's always amazing. Why do people want to argue against the blessing of God? Go back to what I said. Every argument and place of division over any benefit or blessing of God is come from a religious spirit, which is the demonic spirit that tries to keep you powerless and divided. 
The source behind division is never God. Amen. God does not want his house divided. In fact, Jesus literally said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. God is not the author of division. Are you with me? And so when those things happen, we need, wait a minute, we need to go back to that place. So these areas there, but people, when you blend everything together, you get confusion. And so there's a distinction. A scripture gives us the answer and the description. Or in other words, these can also be defined as devotional personal tongues and congregational tongues for the body to be edified. So look at your outline with me. Go with me. So the question arises, is there a clear distinction between the tongues phenomenon in the book of Acts and the tongues as one of the nine gifts of the Spirit? The gifts of the Spirit in operation as he wills in our life, is what makes us a functioning member of the body of Christ. First Corinthians tells us that we're all baptized in the body, and he makes us members in particular, and he sets us in a play. A functioning member, the gifts of the Spirit operating in our life, as we're going to see here in a few moments, gives us function in the body. We have spiritual function. Not just, we use our natural abilities, our serving and doing. People are using natural abilities there, but we want these natural abilities anointed by the Spirit. Amen? So you want God's anointing upon our natural gifts and ability. But more than that, he gives us spiritual blessing and spiritual ministry that makes us a functioning member of a spiritual body. Are you doing all right? So that works in our life. So let's look at devotional tongues. Walk down through this with me. That refers to tongues as an evidence of baptism and personal prayer language. Tongues as an outward confirming sign for all being baptized with or in the Holy Spirit and found in the book of Acts. The only place this deals with is in the book of Acts. And next week we'll go through all five accounts of tongues in the book of Acts and dealing with that. Or on the 24th. It provides the believer with a personal prayer language and an opening to the gifts of the Spirit to operate in their life. It can be exercised by the believer at any time in prayer and does not need to be interpreted because it's prayer. It's not communication to people. Are you with me? Okay. It's available to any and is for every believer to receive and to use. Somebody say receive. It's available to receive and to use. It's not that nobody is made to do this, and we don't teach that anybody has to do this or anything else. I just want you to take advantage of the blessing. Amen. So think about it. The purpose of tongues in the book of Acts is to make manifest to the recipient and to the observer that the Holy Spirit had been given, not an operation of one of the nine gifts of the Spirit, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, speaking with tongues is always a direct result of being filled with the Spirit or the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It is spoken to God and not to men. Therefore, it is vertical in direction. What do I mean? Speaking in tongues are prayer. All prayer is vertical. If you were singing in here this morning, I hope you weren't singing to your neighbor or singing to your friend. Or singing to the band. Amen. And the band, hopefully, wasn't singing to you. Amen. Hopefully, everybody was vertical in your worship this morning. Amen. That you're singing from your heart to God in, in, in expression of a song. Praise the Lord. I, I love, I saw a little meme by Francis Chana that, that, that uh, somebody from a worship service, a random person in the church came up to him and said, worship didn't do anything for me today. And Francis said, that's all right. We weren't worshiping you anyway. That's a great word, amen? So that's that same thing. So what about, so prayer is vertical in direction to God. What about congregational tongues? Congregational tongues refers to tongues in a spiritual gift in operation. Tongues as one of the nine spiritual gifts as found in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. That tongue must always be interpreted or it is of no value. Is spoken not to men, but to God. Or in other words, it is horizontal in direction. 1 Corinthians 14, 6. Paul there, and we're going to read some of these verses here in a minute. But in verse 6, Paul says this. Everybody look up here. Paul says, if I come to you speaking. If I come to you speaking, what benefit do I bring to you unless I speak in a language that you understand? If I just come to you, see, if, if I just moved from speaking in the language you understand in English this morning, and I just started speaking in tongues to you, you would not have any clue what I'm doing. If I just said, well, I'm just going to pray right now, and I'm going to pray in the Spirit, and I pray you get the interpretation. It, that, that doesn't benefit. So Paul said, listen, the gifts of the Spirit, listen, 1 Corinthians 12, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. 
So the gifts of the Spirit work through our life to bring benefit to somebody else. So tongues in the gift of the Spirit flows through your life to bring a benefit to people. Prayer in your life is for your personal benefit and relationship with God. Praying in the Spirit is between you and God. The gifts of the Spirit flow through you to men. Are you doing all right? And so in that area. So that's horizontal in direction. Now what? It's not, that gift is not given to all, but as the Spirit will. And that's what Paul says. So what people do, because we deal with everything from the outside in with our mind, what we're doing is we're constantly, we're going to, to a church that is born again, Spirit-filled, and operating in the gift. They're just out of order because they're doing things, you know, in confusion. And Paul is setting them in order. But people go to this instruction today to try to get out of having a prayer language. The blessing of God, of having God's voice speak through their life and the benefits that come with it. But it's not given to all, but it can be desired by all believers along with all the spiritual gifts. Paul says, desire spiritual gifts. Tongues is one of the spiritual gifts for the benefit of others. And 1 Corinthians 14 ends telling us not to forbid to speak with tongues. Look at the last page of your outline. You never thought I could go this fast through an outline in your life. I'm setting you up to the end, praise the Lord. So, uh, so watch it. In either usage, tongues are an expression of the human spirit under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Tongues are an expression of your human spirit under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Now let me just pause and say, Pastor, this is more teaching than I've ever heard on tongues in my life. How many would say that? Anybody? Praise the Lord. A good handful. Amen. So watch this. The believer is given supernatural utterance by the Holy Spirit who lives and abides within them that is new to his lips other than his own native language. It is an unknown tongue to him in the sense that he is entirely unacquainted with them. He is speaking by the Spirit in inspired tongues, languages of men and angels. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love. Amen. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, though I speak in natural dialects and heavenly dialects, I must be motivated by love. All 1 Corinthians 13 is about is making sure your motivation is right. Paul did not write 1 Corinthians 13 to do away with anything. He wrote it to set it in order. To make sure your motive and your intent is right in everything that you do and that you're always motivated by love. Are you in agreement? So the question is before us. The questions are now for us. Is it scriptural? Is there a benefit? And is there a choice when it comes to speaking and praying in tongues? Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 if you have your Bibles. Let's talk about is it scriptural? The answer is yes. Amen. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 2 says this. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit. Somebody say in the Spirit. So in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. So it says, there, there is a speaking that is in the Spirit, in tongues, it's called speaking or praying in the Spirit. So when I said, is praying in the Spirit and speaking in the Spirit, at the beginning there, is it in our own natural language? Paul says, no, that in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit can give me words to pray, but when, when you're referencing praying in the Spirit or praying in another tongue, it, it's always in the language of the Spirit, not in our natural language. Amen. Because you, in your natural language, don't know any of the mysteries. In the Spirit, look at in the Spirit. However, in the Spirit, He speaks mystery. Listen to what the Message Bible says. Go after all the life as if your life, go, go after li a life of love as if your life depended on it, because it does. <laughs> Give yourselves to the gifts God gives you. Look at this. Most of all, try to proclaim His truth. If you praise him in the private language of tongues. I love that in the Message Bible. Because it says there's a tongue that is a private language. That you get as a, not a gift, a private language. 
The gift is for other people. This is your private language of tongue. God understands you, but no one else does, for you are sharing. Look at this. You are sharing intimacies just between you and him. God's given you a way to be in intimate relationship with him. Communication, praying in the spirit is having an intimate communication with God. Well, I don't want that in my life. I keep God right where he's safe and I'm safe. Oh, think of the, that blows my mind. God, you are sharing intimacies just between you. Look at just between you and. So there is a tongue that's not supposed to be interpreted because it's for none of your business. You were praying in tongues. That has to be interpreted. I wasn't talking to you. You would just gossip if you heard what I said. You're a busybody in my affair. You need to be praying your... Anyway, I'll move right along. Why are you eavesdropping on me? This is not a party line. This is the private line. Amen? Look at what chapter, verse 14 said. Verse 14, 1 Corinthians 14, 14. So when you pray in your private prayer language... When you pray in your private prayer lay, don't hoard the experience for yourself. This is verse 13. Don't hoard the experience for yourself. Pray for the insight and abilities to bring others into that intimacy. Pray that, that somehow through your life, God would use you to bring others into this amazing intimate relationship with him. The Message Bible is so good in that. So verse 14 says, if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, but my mind, that nuos you have, is unfoul, lies fallow, and all that intelligence is wasted. Amen. The reason I like praying in tongues, because I'm not that smart to begin with. So when it comes to wasted intelligence, there's not a lot going to waste in my life. <laughs> Amen. So I just thank God that there's a prayer language that I have that fills that gap. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I'm with the apostles. They were ignorant and unlearned men, but they knew how to hang out with Jesus. Do I have any friends in the house? <laughs> Amen. So watch it. So, so what's he said? So, that's right. so what's the solution? Look at this. This is the message Bible. The message Bible says it like this. What's the solution? The answer is simply do both. Do both. Pray in the language of the Spirit and have a private prayer language in the Spirit with God and then pray in your own natural understanding. And that's what's so awesome about the Holy Spirit. You'll be, hey, God will lay somebody on your heart. God, I know that they need help. I know they're struggling in this area. I don't know how to pray for them, so I, I need you to help me pray. And you just start praying in the language that God gives you and then pretty soon the Holy Spirit is bringing some things to your mind and next thing you know you're speaking some things out and you're prophesying over their life. And you're declaring the will of God over their life. No way you could have known that or known how to pray that. But now the Holy Spirit is helping you pray. Amen. So, so it, it says that verse 15 says, I should be spiritually free and expressive as I pray. But I should also be thoughtful and mindful as I pray. I should sing with my spirit and I should sing with my mind. What does that mean? When, when we're worshiping God in here, it's okay to sing in the spirit. Amen. My, 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 my friend Kenny Gatlin, I need to have Kenny Gatlin come back and he, he'll teach us how, how to sing in reggae. Or, 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 well, he kind of has an island, not reggae, he kind of just has an island thing. He gets playing, and just goes off and pray and singing. It's okay to sing in the Spirit. Number one, let, let me just go back to this. When you're singing in the Spirit, who are you singing to? Worship is to God. So whether anybody, see, people get upset. Because well, I don't know what they were saying. We are not singing to you or talking to you. Dear Jesus, it is not about you. We'll stretch your little rubber band later and make you feel valuable. <laughs> Amen. We're so silly. But think about what well, th this is what happened. We, we've been Amer so Americanized. We think church is we're supposed to come to church and we're supposed to get blessed like that person said. I didn't get anything out of that worship service. It wasn't for you. It was for you to come and give something. It wasn't for you to come and receive. Look at the, the, the principle is true. Give. If you're not getting anything out of church, it's because you haven't given anything. 
Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down. So if I come in, well, I dare you to make me feel something. I ain't raising my hands unless I feel like I have to. Praise the Lord. We are so awesome. <laughs> Amen. So watch it. So if you bless, think about praying. Is it scriptural? Think about this. If you give a blessing using your private prayer language, which no one else understands, how can some outsider who has just shown up and has no idea what's going on when you say Amen. Your blessing might be beautiful, but you have very effectively cut that person off from it. How many pray over your meals? How many go out to dinner or eat with somebody and, and they say, oh, would you ask the blessing? So when you're blessing, what are you doing? Thank you. Praying. Blessing here means praying. When you give thanks, what are you doing? Praying. So praying and giving thanks. Now, if you're out to lunch, if you invite me out to lunch, and we're sitting there, and you say, Pastor, would you bless the meal? Yes. Amen. What? Did you pray for the food? Yes. Didn't you get the interpretation? No. You... Are you with me? So we understand. So, so we know that, that when he's talking about blessing, when he's talking about prayer, when he's doing that, he's not talking about a gift. He's talking about prayer. Are you getting me? So there's a distinction between the gift of tongue and the prayer of tongue. So anybody who uses Scripture concerning the gifts of the Spirit to do away with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and a prayer language has misappropriated Scripture and is teaching false doctrine. Pastor, that's pretty strong. No, that's just the truth. Go with me to one verse. Go, go, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. You're there. Go down the very last verse, verse 39 and 40. Watch it. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak in tongues. Do you know there are churches all over the place that forbid people to speak in tongues? That they forbid this gift and this intimacy with God to be allowed. That's pretty bold. Amen? It, 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 that, that you would forbid the Holy Spirit to work in people's lives. Amen? And, and then you find ways to prove, to work and twist Scripture around to prove that people shouldn't be operating in that. Praise the Lord. So watch it. So Nick, is it beneficial? Are you doing all right? So watch it. The Amplified says this in verse 4. He who speaks in a strange language edifies and improves himself. How many in this room need no more improvement? The word edify means build up. How many say, you know what, Pastor? I'm good. I'm built up enough. I could go the rest of my life right where I am. Amen. I need no more building up. Amen. I love Pastor Robert Morris. He was sharing. He was before he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He comes from a fundamentalist Baptist background. He did revivals and stuff. And he says, I was doing a revival at this church. And one of the board members at the church of this uh, uh, Great Baptist Church, and they had led the Baptist Convention in water baptisms that year. They had more people baptized than anybody in the whole Baptist Convention in the nation. And so, so great church, and, 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 and one of the board members said, you know what? Our pastor prays in tongues. He goes, he does? He goes, yeah. So he was with the pastor before service. He said, pastor, he said, I understand you pray in tongues. And the pastor said, yeah. He goes, why do you do that? And the pastor said, well... The Bible says it builds you up. I figure I need all the building up I can get. Okay. <laughs> Are you? He that speaks and prays in an unknown tongue, so the, the Messy Bible called it your personal prayer language. He who prays and, and edify, he edifies and improves himself. But he who prophesies interpreting the divine will and purpose and teaching with inspiration edifies and improves the church and promotes growth in Christian wisdom, piety, holiness, and happiness. The gifts of the Spirit, we're desired the gifts of the Spirit not to just have personal edification, but that God would work through us in such a way that his Spirit would flow through us to edify others. 
Spiritual maturity is when it's no longer about you. It's about God flowing through you to bless others. Amen? Amen? It's so good. So watch this. What about Jude verse 20? Chapter 1 verse 20. Only one chapter there, but we'll give it there anyway. Jude verse 20. But you, beloved, look at this. Building yourselves up on your most holy what? Faith. How, how many ever feel like you need to strengthen your faith? So, so building yourself up on your most holy, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying with the Holy Spirit. So when you're praying in the prayer language with the voice and the language of the Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through you in the language of the Spirit, then what has happened? You're building up your most holy faith. And the more you begin to pray in the Spirit, you begin to feel strength and courage and boldness rise up on the inside of you. You can be feeling weak at times, and you just begin walking around and going like this. I love Pastor Robert because he shared this. He says, you know what? After I finally broke through and praying in the Spirit, he says, I was holding revival and was at this motel, and it said... I went down that Sunday morning early, and I went down and was walking around the pool deck, and I was just praying. He says, and I was going after it, and I was praying, and I was down, I was up. I was taking authority over everything. And he says, I, I kind of, afterwards, I thought about it. I said, man, I wonder what people in the motel thought if they looked out the window. Here's this guy out there just walking around, going off and doing this and stuff. And, and, and he goes, but I said, I'm sure if they lifted up the window and listened, they'd have just went, oh, he's from another country. <laughs> Amen. In my life, when we were going to Bible school, I needed a job. I'm a journeyman cement finisher by trade at that time. And so uh, our, they, they were sending me from Marysville to, uh, just outside of Susanville to Herlong to pour missile containment shelters, tilt up for m- missile containment shelters and stuff. And I'm trying to commute and go to Bible school. And I said, God, I need a job. And so I, I went and I put an application in. At, at that time, it was NorCal Cable Vision in Yuba City, and I put an application in. And on Wednesday night, um, I, uh, we, we had a Bible school class was on faith, and, and the scripture on faith was, Worship over the Joshua, worship over the soul thy foot shall tread upon that I have given unto you. So I'm in bed, it's like 9.30 at night, I'm sitting there in bed and I'm reading that scripture again, and I felt the Holy Spirit, the Lord say, go walk around that building and claim that job. I said, all right. So I got up. I dropped in my 1967 Chevy pickup. Drove down there. I got out. And, and, and there was a, it was on the corner of the block. And I'm walking up and down that street, praying in the Holy Ghost. Just, Father, I think, I'm just going for it, man. And, and then, I didn't even realize it at the time, but there was a break in, in the bushes around the building. There were some windows right there. So I went up to the building by those windows, and I put my foot on the edge of the building. I laid my hand, and I'm just praying. In the, Father, I think every place the sole of my foot shall tread upon. I have, and I possess. Father, I thank you for a job. The next day, I went to Roseville and poured curb and gutter. And the guy said, he says, hey, um, what are you doing this winter? I said, I have a job at NorCal Cablevision. Before I even thought about it, it just came out of me. I have a job. The next morning, there was a one-day job to pour that curb and gutter to trade apart. The next morning, I'm driving from Yuba City over to Marysville to see the hot chick that I married 40 years ago. And on my way over, before we had cell phones, we only had landlines. So the cable company called my dad's house while I was driving to my wife's house parents house and when I get there they said your dad called said you have an interview at the cable company they want you to come down they want to interview you for a job are you with me and I said okay so I, jumped, I said bye jumped back in the truck went over there got ready went down went to the interview the gentleman who was the president of that was actually I went there because my dad used to be a highway patrolman with the man who was running the the, the company at that time there Glenn Hansvik was his name and so I go into Glenn's office and he goes, well, what's going on in your life? I said, man, I, I gave my life to Christ. I'm serving God. I, I'm a journeyman cement finisher. I'm trying to go to Bible school. They're sending me to Susanville. I said, I need a job. He goes, we're not hiring anybody right now, but go back there and tell them we'll put you to work. Hired me the next day. Two days later, I was working there. Amen. So the Holy Spirit will lead you in time. You just wonder what you're doing. But God's given you this amazing power and resource in your life. Can you say amen? amen. And so take advantage of that. Are you doing all right? All right, so let me finish with this. Build yourself up. Lastly, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. 
Spirit and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And that's part, the last of the part. We all stop there that that's the full armor of God. That is not the full armor of God because the Word of God ends with the semicolon. The next part is praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. One of the benefits of praying the Holy Spirit is part of your armor. Praying in the Spirit is part of your armor and supplication in the Spirit. Amen? All right. And then lastly, it's a choice. It's a choice. Or, or Romans 8, 26. That the Holy Spirit prays for us. For it says, for example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Meaning that words that you don't have the words to express what needs to be prayed. So the Holy Spirit language, the voice and the language of the Holy Spirit prays. And Rome, verse 27 says, praise the perfect will of God for the saints. How many don't want to have your prayers be God's perfect will for the people you're praying for? Nobody. Everybody would want their prayers to be God's perfect will. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Bill, if you come back to the keyboard, let me finish with this. Is it a choice? Yes. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. Paul says, if I pray, if I pray. I asked the congregation first service. Many of you may have had an opportunity to pray this morning, but you passed it up. Because if I pray, prayer prayer is always a choice. If I pray, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. My spirit by the Holy Spirit in me prays. But my mind is unprofitable. It bears no fruit. Then what am I to do? I will pray. I will pray. If you said, Pastor, let's go to lunch today. I could say I can or I can't. I will or I won't. It's a choice. Amen. So when it comes to praying in the spirit, it's always a choice. I'm just trying to share with you, there are so many great benefits to saying yes to God. Why would you not say yes to God? Think about that. That, that, that one thing blows my mind. There are times when I'm praying, and I, don't, just, I just like to let the Holy Spirit use me. Just pray in the Spirit. I don't even know what I'm praying. Because the Bible says I'm praying mysteries to God secret things, hidden things, and speaking things into the earth. And if you ever understood, it's just this one thing. Your words, God uses words. God, the the source that God uses is words. He created everything we are aware of with words. And God says, this is what I, get this. God says, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to put my voice in you so that when you pray, my words, my words come out of your mouth. (laughs) Okay. Okay. God says, I will give you the ability to have my word, my creative force come out of your mouth are you kidding me yes I'm praying in the spirit God you're creating things doing things God use me what did Isaiah say hear my Lord use me amen hallelujah would you stand with me this morning I didn't have time to give it to you and I don't have time to show it to them all but let me just give you this in Luke chapter 10 Jesus, it's almost like Jesus was foretelling in advance that there would be opposition to the work of the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19, he tells his disciples, he says, I give you power and authority over all the power of the enemy to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. In Luke chapter 11, verses 11 through 13, he says, which of you, if your son asked you, for a stone, for bread, would give him a stone. If he asked you for your fish, would you give him a serpent? If he asked you for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? He says, how are you being evil men? If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the, whole, will the Father give the Holy Spirit to him who asks? So there are people who say that praying in tongues is demonic forces that it's not right Jesus knew that there would be a day when people would like the work of the spirit to scorpions and snakes and he foretold that 
And there are people today that will say, they, they're all, in, in some of all the different things, I had a, a lady in our church in Bieber. She was raised her whole life. That tongue was of the devil. It was serpent and scorpion. It was demonic in operation. And Jesus literally foretold that. But he said, how much more will your, whole, will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them who have? Now let me just say this. When it comes to praying in the Spirit, it's always going to be your language. This is the problem. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5 says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and bringing every thought into the obedience of Christ. Amen? Bringing every thought into the obedience of Christ. Every thought and every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So there are thoughts out there that exalt themselves. And what happens is we get taught things and those things become strongholds in our mind and then we try to open up to the Holy Spirit and we're trying to be spiritual from the outside in but we have all these strongholds that have been built up. And I've prayed with people, I can't tell you how many people over the course of ministry that have those strongholds and it's a dam in their life. It's created a dam in their life. And what happens is that the Holy Spirit can get so far, but that stronghold over their mind, it can't get past the dam that's been there. John 7, 37, Jesus says, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. I'll just paraphrase, I don't have time to say it. William Seymour, who God used to launch the Azusa Street Revival in 1906 there in, in, in Los Angeles, he prayed seeking God for, for two years, over two years, five hours a day seeking the baptism in the Holy Spirit because he'd heard about it. And then God moves him to Los Angeles to start this ministry there. And he's there and they start a prayer ministry. And he says, God, what else do I have to do? And the Lord said, pray more. So he began praying seven hours a day for another year and a half. And then he finally received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is the exhortation that he gave. He says, I encourage you to seek your own personal Pentecost. It'll take you up on a mountain. And the purpose of that is so that everywhere you go, you are open to irrigation. I'm scared, but the way he says it, he says that Jesus said, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And when you're allowing the Holy Spirit to come through you, it's God's will that you would irrigate the dryness of your surroundings by the life of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? How many know the devil doesn't want you irrigating anything? He doesn't want you affecting anybody or anything. But listen, all these benefits... All the controversy is around the blessings of God. Bow your heads with me this morning. Father, today I pray there might be somebody here. And their whole life they were taught that this isn't God for them. That it's not right. But Father, your word is so clear that you desire intimate relationship with us. You've saved us to bring us into this amazing fellowship with you where we can actually have this conversation with you and you make that available by your spirit in us you give us the ability to have intimate communication relationship with you Father I pray for what happened to the men at Emmaus to happen here today Lord Jesus you came alongside them and you opened their understanding of the scriptures to them. Father, I pray that you would open the understanding of your people to believe, to receive all that you have for them. Maybe you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. We're going to pray, and I want you to pray with us. We're not only going to pray to accept Christ, but also for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And just before we pray, I want to encourage you in this. I want to encourage you to just to begin I'm not going to pray for anybody for the baptism this morning just yet on the 24th we'll pray at the end of that service but what I want you to do just in your private devotional time read these verses they're they're there in your in your outline go back over read these verses in first Corinthians 14 read them over and over ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding to you ask Jesus to open your understanding to comprehend and then begin to pray and and ask God to give you that prayer language. Ask Him for your own prayer language. Ask Him for your own personal Pentecost. And pray that any strongholds that you have might be torn down. Anything that's exalted itself against the knowledge of God will be torn down. Pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, 
I thank you today for your saving grace in the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Today I confess and ask your forgiveness for all my sin. I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I choose to live for you for the rest of my life. I will live for you. Now, Father, I ask you for the Holy Spirit. Jesus, baptize me today with the Holy Spirit. I believe and I receive in Jesus' name. Amen.